Over the past decade, investment in Chinese startups has surged to record highs. And last year, one of the hottest names in the Chinese startup world was a company called Luckin Coffee. Luckin Coffee is an upstart Chinese coffee chain. They set out to disrupt the business of selling coffee in China. Jing Yang has been following the story of Luckin. The company was built around a mobile app that handed out discounts and made it easy for customers to place orders for delivery or pickup. That model sent the company surging to a $12 billion valuation in less than three years. It was a high-flying startup backed by a bevy of well-known investors from both China and the U.S. So it's a pretty global base. And they see this as an incredible growth story. You know, a simple business selling coffee with an innovative but easily understandable model. And then, earlier this year, all those well-known investors realized that some of that growth wasn't real. Luckin disclosed it had fabricated nearly half of its sales last year. It's probably the most blatant and audacious fraud by a public listed company in recent history. Very few people saw it coming. And now, a Wall Street Journal investigation has revealed the details of that scheme. Details that include fake coffee orders, fake supply orders, and even a fake employee. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, June 12th. Coming up on the show, the fraud behind one of China's fastest-growing companies and what it could mean for the future of investing in international startups. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. When Luckin was founded in 2017, it targeted an emerging coffee market in China. Where it's a traditionally tea-drinking population. But in China, there's also growing affluence, growing middle class, and there is opportunity there to get these consumers to like coffee. Luckin's main competitor was Starbucks. Starbucks had worked to establish a taste for coffee in China for about two decades. Luckin wanted to build on that and overtake Starbucks. So Luckin built a chain that looked a lot like Starbucks. Premium coffee beans, fancy espresso machines, and award-winning baristas. But the company also fashioned itself as a tech startup, built around a mobile app where customers order and pay for their coffee drinks. You can order anytime, anywhere on your app. 
and you can either decide to pick up at the store, which is close to you, or delivery, which will get to your door within 30 minutes. Even when you're ordering coffee at a cafe, you have to use the app because there are no cashiers at Luckin's cafes. A lot of them tend to be smaller and tend to be manned by very few staff, like sometimes maybe just one or two staff. This was Luckin's big bet, that by using only app-based transactions and opening smaller cafes, it could provide the same premium drink as Starbucks with less overhead. That helped the company undercut Starbucks with huge discounts. Through the mobile app, Luckin would send customers promotions for free coffee or deeply discounted drinks. They wanted to make coffee affordable to Chinese consumers. They believe that one of the reasons that Chinese consumers have not really gotten into coffee is because it's expensive. There were constant discounts pushing to your app at various levels. So either, you know, sometimes 30% off, sometimes even 70% off. And you can buy a latte, which is um, actually a type of coffee that Chinese consumers really like. You can buy a, a cup of a latte for less than $2 after the discounts, about one-third of the price of a similar drink at Starbucks. Just seven months after Luckin started, it had opened more than 500 cafes. Many of those cafes were opened near a Starbucks. Starbucks' newest rival in China. This is a chain called Luck In. Underpricing Starbucks by 25%. China's the pillar of growth for Starbucks. They better hope that this is not a huge level of competition. Starbucks tried to keep up with Luckin's expansion, launching a competing delivery service. But Luckin kept raising money to keep pressure on its rival, with rounds of fundraising that eventually valued the company in the billions of dollars. And then, last year, Luckin hit a new kind of milestone. It went public on the Nasdaq stock market, with underwriting from big-name investment banks, including Credit Suisse and Morgan Stanley. It took the company less than two years to go from funding to IPO. It's incredibly fast. And the stock jumped more than 20% on the first trading day. It was a huge moment for the company. In New York, Luckin's chairman and co-founder, Charles Liu, high-fived colleagues on the first day of trading. And that was the start of a new period of growth. The company had built a network of more than 4,500 stores by the end of last year, overtaking the number of Starbucks coffee shops in China. As the number of stores grew, Luckin reported surging revenues. In the third quarter of last year, the company announced its sales increased five times from the year before. And by January, Luckin's stock price hit an all-time high. But then, a short-selling investment firm called Muddy Waters announced that it was betting against the future of Luckin. The firm released a report suggesting Luckin was inflating sales numbers. Luckin denied the claims. And some of the big-name banks that underwrote its IPO issued research reports defending the company. But the timing of the Muddy Waters report was not good for Luckin. That was around the time that Luckin's auditors, Ernst & Young, were about to do their annual audits. And it's discovered that a number of the company's management personnel had engaged in fabricated transactions. In April, Luckin reversed its earlier denial and announced publicly that the company's revenue for most of 2019 wasn't what it seemed. 
It turned out that about half of the sales from the second to the fourth quarter last year were fabricated. How much is that? That's $310 million. That's a lot of coffee. If they really sold it, yes. How Luckin faked $310 million worth of coffee sales after the break. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Welcome back. When Luckin admitted to fabricating its sales numbers, the company didn't reveal many details. But the Wall Street Journal's investigation started to figure out how Luckin's fake transactions worked. It started out just before the IPO, with employees using individual cell phone numbers to buy coffee vouchers. But then the scheme escalated, moving into the corporate sales program. Typically, Luckin sold large bulk orders of coffee vouchers to a few regular corporate clients, places like airlines and credit card lenders, so that those businesses could offer free coffee to their customers as perks. But then, some other companies also started placing bulk orders. Based on Luckin's internal company documents that I obtained and sources I spoke to, we found that there were dozens of little-known companies across China, very nondescript, that had bought large amounts of coffee vouchers from the company. And these orders also sometimes would occur in non-business hours, like overnight hours. The registration records for these mysterious companies show that many of them had ties to Luckin's chairman, Charles Liu, through his friends, family, or previous business associates. One company was registered with a Luckin email address. And the orders being placed by these companies were huge. They would often come in very large volumes. One company would place an order of more than $100,000 worth of coffee vouchers in one single order the same company would come back again and again and make more than 100 such purchases in a few months' time. How many cups of coffee did it suggest these companies were ordering? It must have been in the range of tens of millions of cups. So was Luckin actually making any of this coffee that they were issuing the vouchers for? Based on my reporting, no. These fake voucher sales were just half of the scheme. They brought money in, but money was also going out. Luckin was making suspicious payments to more than a dozen suppliers, many of which also had ties to Luckin's chairman. Those supply orders helped Luckin create a paper trail to show that it had so many coffee orders, it needed to buy more supplies. And the fake supply orders were executed by one employee in particular. There is a junior employee in Luckin's procurement department called Lin Liang. She, in the space of a few months, 
processed over $140 million of payments to these suppliers. That is a lot of work for anybody working in procurement. And it turns out that according to sources I talked to, she is fictitious. What? She does not exist. She's not a real person. Lucky has not provided any explanation as to why some of his employees committed the fraud. But what I would say is that in general, it is in the company's management and shareholders' interest to keep the company's stock price high. And a company's stock price would rise if it shows to investors that its business was doing great. Authorities in the U.S. and China have launched probes into Luckin. Luckin told the journal that it is cooperating with authorities while continuing an internal investigation. The company said it couldn't comment on any specific details because of its ongoing investigation. Chairman Charles Liu issued a public statement last month saying that he, quote, by no means set out to deceive investors. What has the reaction on Wall Street been to the revelation that there were these fabricated sales? It was a bombshell. Shares of Luck and Coffee have fallen massively since the company disclosed an internal investigation. That's pushing the stock down. This is correct. 74.5% this morning. A serious loss of trust on Wall Street for a company that, by the way, was really very well loved by investors. It surged on its IPO. And in the weeks since, things have only gotten worse for Luckin. The company's market value is less than $1 billion now compared to the heyday when it was about $12 billion. Wow. That's quite the collapse. It is. This collapse didn't happen to just any company. This was a buzzy startup backed by major American investors, which raises the question, how did such a brazen scheme go unnoticed? It's a question that U.S. investors have been particularly concerned about. So what happened with Locking kind of exposed an issue that has been bothering investors for a long time. How do you regulate Chinese companies listed in the U.S.? Regulators in the U.S. don't have the authority to look at the financial records of Chinese companies, even those that list on U.S. stock exchanges, which limits regulators' ability to safeguard U.S. investors from possible fraud. What has happened recently is that there has been growing pressure on the U.S. government and lawmakers to do something about this, about how to regulate Chinese companies listed in the U.S. Last month, the Senate passed legislation that would kick Chinese companies off U.S. stock exchanges unless their audits are inspected by U.S. regulators. The bill awaits a vote in the House. But whatever ends up happening with regulations in the U.S., it remains clear that a lot of investors in both the U.S. and China bought into a story that may have been too good to be true. They basically duped a lot of bright and smart people. And it raises a very big question. Is the way we invest in startups really thorough enough? Is there anything more an investor or a bank or, or anyone concerned could have done in the due diligence process. It's very typical in the situation of a hardly sought-after startup 
a lot of times the investor may not even have the time to do proper due diligence. They are more worried about missing the boat, about missing the ticket to board the next unicorn, than thinking about going through the numbers and the legitimacy of the business. That's all for today, Friday, June 12th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Ryan Knutson and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show is made by Gerard Cole, Pia Godkari, Annie Minoff, Ricky Nevetsky, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Annie Rose Strasser, and Rob Zipko. Our show is engineered by Griffin Tanner with help from Sam Baer. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Peter Leonard, Billy Libby, Bobby Lord, Emma Munger, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka. Thanks for listening. See you on Monday.